Welcome and greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today we're going to be recording part two of a video that was just recently uploaded on seven requirements to glory encounters. That was, by the way, a powerful, powerful video. For those of you that haven't had the chance to watch it yet, you definitely want to go and watch that right now. So today we're going to continue from that video and we have a few questions that were sent in. And so we're going to ask Pastor Shaiju if he can answer some of those questions on Revival. Be my pleasure. One of the pastors sent in a question and saying, I don't see any revival in my church. How can I stir it up? Revival is a sovereign move of God. It's not necessarily us making it happen but us aligning to his time and aligning ourselves to his ways. So when the timing and his ways come together and then God finds a man that is available or a woman that is available or a child that is available, when that combination of following his ways, his commands, his heart, his mind, his passion, uh, pursuing him, and the fact that the timing of God's visitation. That's why Jesus is saying, if only you knew the time of your visitation. So it's very important for us to understand that we cannot make revival happen, but we can align ourselves to his heart, his mind, his um, heartbeat, to know what God likes, and then wait for his time of visitation. So we have, we have found prepared, we have found running after his heart, and we wait for his time of visitation uh, that brings his nearness closer. So yes, um, we cannot create a revival, but we can align our hearts to his, and we can align our, uh, ourselves waiting on his time, so that whenever God wants to do it, when, whenever God wants to increase his level of presence among us, whenever God wants to come closer to us than he was before, uh, we are not caught unaware and we are ready for a great encounter. I want to take you to uh, another beautiful verse. Here's the verse I want you to pay attention to in 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and, and verse 1 onwards. The Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, who was a king at that time, and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah, and Benjamin, he was a king of Judah, the Lord is with you while you are with him. That we know. The Lord is with us while we are with him. He is with us. Okay, now listen to the next line. This is the Lord speaking to him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Okay? So, let's go back again and say, the Lord is with you. Okay? While you're with him. And then it says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. Like, why do you need to seek somebody that is already with you if he's not lost? Because the verse is saying that he's not lost. You seek something that is lost. And he's saying the Lord is with you. And then he goes on to, if you seek him, he will be found by you. That's revival. <laughs> That's 
That's revival. We know the Lord is with us. We know his presence is with us. He's omnipresent. Uh, we know that we are blessed in our churches. We are blessed with his grace. We have his anointing with us. We have his prophetic. We have his many gifts with us. We see healings. We see all that. But then there is another level of seeking. Even while he's with us, he's already with us. And then we start pursuing him in a way that we've not pursued him before. And we seek him in a deeper way. And then you will see that you will find him in a way that you've not found him before. So let me take you through this. It's like this. It's, there is the outer courts and then there is the inner courts of his presence and there is a holy place and there is a most holy place. And many people disregard that saying, oh, that's Old Testament. But don't, don't forget that the tabernacle is a reflection of what is in heaven. And that is why tabernacle is mentioned in Revelation. So don't push it off aside as, as Old Testament. And it's the same thing with um, how if I come to your house, if I am an acquaintance, yes. you will take me to the living room. Yes. And then when I get to know you better and we are a closer friend, you take me into the dining room. Yeah. And then, but there are very few people that will have access to your inner chamber. Yeah. So there is a place where you, some of us, we are all the way out in the porch. Yeah. And then you move into the living room and then you get into the dining place. And then there is an inner chamber. A very few people make it to. So yes, the Lord is with you as uh, while you, you are with him. And then there is a place where you start seeking him to find him in ways that you've never experienced before. That's the glory place. That's where Lembranto. That's where Peter, James and John walked up to the mountain and the glory cloud came upon them. Notice that the nine other disciples missed it. Hmm. Except Peter, James and John. They three had the opportunity to experience a glory that the other nine didn't have. And that's what we are continuing after. Wow. Is it like God completely just taking over? Or, or, is it, or is it like, can God, does God use a man to lead his revival? Revival is a place, I believe, that it is to a great extent God taking over from a hand of an individual, you know. But definitely a man has to stand in the gap. And throughout the revivals, God has always looked for somebody that he could send. He could do it himself. Even when God appeared to Apostle Paul and said, I am Jesus. And he didn't start saying, okay, let me give you a, a, a prophecy and give you a decree. Mm -hmm. He sent him to a prophet. How hard was it? Jesus appeared directly to, to Saul. And yet, Jesus didn't take the place of a prophet. He didn't take a place of the prophet, apostles. He said, you go to my son and I will tell you what is going to happen. And he is going to lay hands and open your eyes. So some, as much as God can take over, he's still looking for a man that stands in the gap. He's still looking for a man that he can use as a vessel. He's still looking for a church that he can use as a platform for that revival. He's still looking for somebody that understands surrender. He's still looking for your house. He's still looking for your family that can host his presence. And then from there, you come to a place where you know, 
that this is now out of your hands. Mm -hmm. The Lord's nearness is taking over. Salvations are taking place beyond your preaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you've preached hard and the maximum you could do was, could be counted uh, by your fingers. Yeah. And now the Lord takes over and things are happening without your help. And, and um, it, it happened in Wales, it happened in Azusa, it happened in, um, with Charles Finney's life. You could see that there is a place where God God comes so close to a man, to a church, to a city, where then now what is happening is not just by the preaching of the man, even without preaching, just by the proximity of the presence of God, yeah. uh, things begin to happen, conversions begin to happen, miracles mm. begin to happen. So yes, a vessel, and then there is an overflow. Let's call that revival. Revival. So if God operates through a man that connects with the heart of God. Is it safe to say that the one who contends for the revival is the one that God will use for revival? I say this respectfully, that God will, God is not going to use people that are lazy. Mm. God will use all kinds of people, but one group that he will not use are lazy people. If you are not passionate about it, even when the disciples were found, even in their natural realm, they were hardworking people. Mm -hmm. All night they had fished and they had caught nothing. And instead of going and sleeping, early in the morning they were washing their nets. Yeah. Yeah. So how hard they could have been discouraged, disappointed and said, you know, forget it, I'll come back and do it later, I need rest. No. When Jesus met them at the point of their call, in the natural, they were hardworking people. Yeah. So that means that is a reflection of what could happen in the spiritual. And the same thing with revival. I don't think revival is coming to somebody that is happy watching Netflix and pop, eating popcorn. And then God grabs him and says, hey, I want to pour revival. Uh, it, it naturally comes to somebody that aches for it that longs for it, that is hungry for it, that is talking about it, that is preaching about it, that is singing about it, that is praying about it, that is asking for it. Mm. You know, it, they, there is no value for what God pours into you mm. if you've not put a demand to it. Wow. And that is why even though the Holy Spirit, God aches to give His Spirit to His people, yet the Bible says uh, He gives to the Spirit to those who ask. Mm -hmm. You know, so ask and it shall be answered to you. Seek and knock. It is proactiveness. It's saying that, that if, you have, if you have sought for it, yeah. you will knock. If you knock it, it will be open to you and you can ask that individual. Mm -hmm. So there is a proactiveness. And there are so many examples Jesus has said about somebody that wouldn't cease knocking. Yeah. And it has come to them because of their persistence. Oh. So how persistent are you? How desperate are you for God's glory to touch you? How, what are you doing today? What are you doing now, even as you're watching, for God to shift your spirit and throw you into a stream of God's revival? I'm sure there are many people that hear about revival, but for some reason they don't have that passion for revival. They don't have that drive. And the question is, if I'm not passionate about, about revival, is there something that I can do to become passionate about revival? Or is it something that it's either in you or it's not in you? Surround yourself with somebody who's eating nice finger-licking chicken. And they're 
they're enjoying and slurping and they're just poof. <laughs> What's going to happen is that just watching them eat will make you hungry. You know, um, so hunger is something that that can be transferred by walking around people that are as hungry as you are. Mm. If you are going to a ministry where the pastor is not hungry for the Lord, uh, maybe I shouldn't complete the sentence. That if you are in a place where there is, you are surrounded by friends that are not passionate is very hard for you to catch that passion. Mm. So if you find yourself that you are not on fire, surround yourself with logs of wood that are on fire. So the best example I could give you is if there is a bunch of logs of wood that are set together. And, and, and what's going to happen is that if you tie a dry wood with cold, uh, wet wood, what's going to happen mm. is that the wetness in in this log is going to be transferred to the dry log and even that is going to be damped. But take dry wood and tie it with the wood that is on fire. Mm -hmm. This fire on this wood is going to absorb all the moist in the other log mm -hmm. and soon, only a matter of time, this wood is going to catch fire. So that's exactly what's going to happen. Tie yourself with somebody on fire. Join yourself with somebody that is on fire. <laughs> Stop listening to everything else and connect with somebody that is catchy, that is on fire. It's only a matter of time you will set yourself ablaze for the Lord. In the first video, you were talking about a, a rhythm, a revival rhythm. Sorry. In the first video, Dad, you were talking about a revival rhythm. How do we maintain a revival rhythm? Going back to the verse that we read. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And it goes on to say in verse 7, But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. The Bible says, Those who seek him diligently will be rewarded. So there is a reward for diligence. There is a reward for not going weak. There is a reward that comes for consistency. So th the way you, you maintain the rhythm is that you don't miss a beat. Hmm. You don't miss a single opportunity to be in the feet of His presence. You don't allow laziness. It, it, it baffles me how Jesus himself looked at the disciples and says, their spirit is willing, but their flesh is weak. Now, this is the prophet of all prophets saying that I look, I'm scanning their physical body. I'm looking into their retina. I'm looking into their muscles. I'm looking into their brain. And he's the best brain surgeon and he's the best, best, uh, and he's the best brain scan you can ever find. He looks into the disciples and he scans them with his eyes of fire. And he's saying them, oh, for sure, they are weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. And yet he comes to them and three times, not once, he says, Wake up and pray. Yeah. Get up and pray. Can you not pray with me for an hour? Yeah. So the, Jesus himself understood the, the, the need for consistency. Mm -hmm. okay? And look at when he said, go to the upper room and stay. And don't leave until you receive the power from high. 
it wasn't hey guys um, now on come once a week you know just yeah, yeah. do your level best um, if you're late it's okay how is it that you don't go late to a, a movie theater you don't go late to catch a train but we are late to church mm-hmm consistently we ignore his presence consistently we have time for everything else we never miss a job but we choose to miss his presence yeah. so so that's why we don't reach the point the boiling point of revival uh. the boiling point so if you if you've done a little um study in science about boiling point it talks about where consistently the heat must continue to the point where it reaches the boiling point yeah so you can't turn it on for a little while and turn it off turn it on you can't it will never reach uh, even if you've done it for 20 years you'll never reach a boiling point so some people say oh i've been in the church uh, for 20 years i've been reading bible for 15 years but have you reached the boiling point mm-hmm. yes you're on the stuff but was the fire turned on for an x amount of time continually and consistently till the the atoms in the water has moved each other to the point where the water is now turning to vapor that's the boiling point mm. so when the atoms can be transferred to each other and it connect to each other to the point where now the state of water is now turning to vapor Hey, Rokosia, you stay on fire long enough, that's what is going to happen to you. You will begin to be translated. Yeah. And the Bible says, Enoch walked with God and he was not because he was translated. So you can stay on the boiling point till people are like, hey, he was here, but I can't see him now. He's so lost yeah, in yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can begin carried by God. Your own family and friends will say, "Who are you anymore?" Because you are not the person that you used to be. There, there's a powerful word said about Saul. Once he has an encounter with the prophet Samuel, he turned into another man. Oh. We have a question from Angela on YouTube, who is saying, "How how can we prepare ourselves for revival personally and as a church?" When you talk about revival you're talking about his visitation you're talking about his nearness so simple as that ask yourself what would i do if the king of glory is going to walk into my life how am i going to prepare myself imagine if jesus were to literally walk to the doors of your church what would you do to welcome him would you be on time would you um lift your voices in high praise would you clap hands differently how would you shout how would you respond how would you uh, bow in reverence what would you do if the lord literally would walk physically into the room begin to imagine that and begin to do that and as you do that what is going to happen is it's going to go up as a, a flavorable incense to the nostrils of god that worship that reverence that consecration is going to prepare hmm. itself for the king of glory to walk through your doors wow that that's incredible thank you um there's another one coming from tony on youtube who's asking can you please explain how do we go up the mountain to hear from god every time 
the mountain is spoken in the Bible. It is talking about a consecration from the people in the camp and you're moving away from all the distractions in the valley and you're going up to the presence of the Lord. So when he's talking about going up the mountain, you're talking about eliminating all distractions. Is it your Instagram app that needs to be deleted? Is it your Facebook that you need to get out of? Uh, is it your friends? Is it the music that you hear? What can you do? What can you do to isolate noise around you, and so that the the voice of the Lord gets louder and louder? Uh, I loved what my spiritual father, Prophet Emmanuel Makaniwa, shared. He said, "It is not that God is not speaking." It is that there is too much noise around you that has stopped you from listening to his voice. So you have to come to a place where you are able to eliminate the noise that is around you so that you can hear God's voice better. Marco is asking on Facebook, what makes this revival different from the other ones in the past? And what can we do to sustain a revival longer than all the other revivals that we've had in history? Um, I personally believe that God is in the business of doing what no eyes have seen, what no ears have heard, what no hearts have perceived. Yeah. I, if I'm not wrong, it was uh, Smith Wigglesworth, before his last days, he prophesied that the next revival that is coming is going to be a mixture of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Yeah. And uh, many people believe uh, different things. but. One thing that I can assure you is that um, that every revival has its unique properties. Mm. It is going to be different. And I believe that one of the blessings that we have in our time, our generation, is technology. That God is going to use technology to cause this revival to go even further uh, in our times. And so those that believe in it, that cry for it, that, that, that are excited for it, that celebrate for it, need to prepare themselves that uh, it, it is going to be unique. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say what is going to happen. I don't want to imagine and, and, and limit God to yeah. what can happen. Yeah. But I am contending God for signs and wonders. Uh, wonders are simply things that we wonder, what is this? Yeah. You know, so things that you wonder what it is, is things going to happen? I, I, I was sharing a story sometime uh, ago. Uh, I would, when uh, the, one of the disciples of Jesus, Apostle Thomas, when he came to India, there were Hindu priests that were worshipping the sun god. And how they did it is in front of the temple, there would be a, a small man-made lake or probably a, a real a natural lake um, that they would go into the, the water and they would pour water, the, take water and throw it up into the sky, uh, throw it up into the air um, to worship the sun god that uh, early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And they would do this early in the morning. And when Thomas saw it, uh, we know him as the doubter Thomas, but when he came to India, he was a man of mighty faith. You know, He looked at them and he said, listen, I'm the God who can make that water stand up in the air is the real deal. Wow. And of course, they thought this guy was mad, but what Thomas did, he went up, he took the water, threw it up in the name of Jesus, commanded the water to stay, and the water stood there, right wow. in the air. Wow. And wow. that same morning, he baptized all of those priests in the same water. Come on. Now the question is, 
did Jesus do it? The question is, where was it in the scripture? So you have to be prepared. Jesus said, you will, if you believe in me, you will do more than what I have done. Mm. So miracle signs and wonders, anything that makes you wonder, how is this possible? is God's way of keeping his ways, his encounters, his visitation very unique. The, to answer the second question, how to sustain yeah. the revival, is to maintain what started it. Hmm. It's not complicated. If, there was, you, if you did something that caused the fire to fall, maintain it and the fire will continue. And many times it stops because if prayer started the revival and when people stop praying, the revival fades away. Wow. Familiarity, exhaustion, burnout, etc., etc. Many reasons, they stop whatever started the initial move of God. And soon they see that what the, the nearness of God is. So to sustain it, whatever you're doing now, pay attention and maintain it for it to continue for a longer season okay <laughs> kalpana on facebook as well who is asking how to maintain peace and hope within when nothing is moving in our lives isaiah 26 he keeps him in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on it mm. so yes there are many problems that is eating you up. Yes, there are many things, many challenges. You're wondering, I have this problem, this problem, and now I, I, how am I going to focus on revival? Listen, when you focus on loving Jesus, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, I, when I got up in a church, I said, can we just focus on the nearness of God and everything else will follow us. So there is a place where God can cause his nearness to come upon us in a way that is supernatural and if you can just keep your mind stayed on him when you take your mind away from him and your mind is on the waves your mind is on the problems then this peacelessness come but even when you see the those bills even when you see the problems in your house even when you see the way your family is keep your eyes on jesus look at the waves through the eyes of Jesus, and you will have peace. Don't look at the waves to yourself. Look at your problems through the eyes of Jesus, and you will have perfect peace. Wow, Dad, that was amazing. I really got to say, that was incredible. So just before we exit, would you mind praying for everybody? Absolutely, absolutely. Come in agreement with me. Would you do me do me a favor? Begin to speak in tongues. Uh, pray in the Spirit as loud as you can. Heavenly Father, I lift your children right now to your presence. Yes, 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 yes. I see, I see, I see burning bush. Yes, yes, yes. Some of you, have been going through a lot of dryness, but the Holy Spirit is he's releasing fire over your wilderness. Yes, it has been dry in your life, but even in the wilderness, God has kept a mountain. Even on that mountain, there is a thorny bush 
that God has set apart for it to catch the fire. And the fire of the Holy Spirit shall take over you. Even in your dry place, in your dry season, receive that grace right now in the name of Jesus. Irrespective of what is happening in your life, irrespective of your environment around you, I release the fire of revival. Because of you, let your church be on fire. Because of you, let your city catch fire. Because of you, let the nation catch fire. I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. My brother, my sister, begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to be lost. Begin to persist. May the Lord use you in, in ways that you have never seen. God bless you. Thank you for being part of this journey. Until next time. God bless you all. Don't forget to click like, subscribe, and share. Let's start a revival.